Hello ASM guys, it's so good to be with you. Uh, today we are in James chapter five, verses one through six. And so two things before we start. First of all, if you don't have it open in front of you, uh, I would recommend pull it open on your phone, grab a Bible, grab your iPad, whatever you got. Uh, go ahead, pull open the passage. Uh, and secondly, if you haven't prayed, sometimes I like to pray at the start of this, but if you haven't prayed, I actually invite you to pray uh, as before you watch it. So pause the video right now and take a moment, just pray uh, that God would use his word to change your life. All right, well, so we're gonna jump right in, but uh, we just celebrated Thanksgiving uh, just a, a little bit ago, uh, and it was definitely different this year. Um, I did not do any Black Friday shopping in person. I heard that uh, it looked totally different than years past, but growing up, Black Friday shopping was always one of my favorite things I would do with my dad. Uh, we'd wake up as a little kid, you know, I was like an early riser. We'd wake up at like 4 a.m., you know, and, and go out, and we had a couple of stores that we'd go to every year. They had little free giveaways, get a snow globe or something, you know, and we didn't really buy anything. We just kind of went to the stores and got the freebies, uh, and, and so... That was just always one of my favorite memories as a kid growing up. And then just as I got older, uh, and I mean, you guys, I'm sure you've seen the videos, I'm sure you've seen the pictures. Black Friday has just turned into this utter madness of just hordes of people coming together and just trampling over each other. Everyone's pushing and shoving and you got massive crowds running over employees and all this crazy stuff. Also, they can get a, a $200 TV. Right, it's just, it's insanity, it's crazy. And as the crowds got bigger and crazier, uh, for my dad and I, it just wasn't as much fun anymore, you know? Uh, and uh, overall, we just kind of slowly stopped doing it. Uh, and so, the funny thing about Black Friday, and I'm not the first one to say this, I won't be the last, the funny thing about Black Friday is it comes immediately after what day? Thanksgiving, right? When the day that you're supposed to be thankful, that you spend it with family and you remember uh, as Christians, particularly we remember how we're thankful of what God has given us, what he's blessed us. And then usually now Black Friday happens on Thanksgiving itself. So then about three hours later, we go and we shove people and we go and try to get the craziest deal on a TV that we can, right? So my point with this is not that if you go Black Friday shopping, you're a bad person, but I think it doesn't take a genius to look at Black Friday and see there's something just crazy and wrong in our society, right? This is not what it's supposed to look like. This is not where our priorities are supposed to be. And, and this actually fits perfectly with the big idea of the passage that James has for us, which is misused wealth is deadly. It's not just bad. It's deadly for followers of Jesus. Let's, let's read James' passage. Like I said, it's chapter 5, verses 1 through 6, uh, and we're going to talk about this. So, starting in verse 1. Now listen, you rich people, weep and wail because of the misery that is coming on you. Your wealth has rotted, and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. Ooh. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the innocent one who was not opposing you. This... I mean, I don't know about you. First time I read this, this is a crazy heavy passage. James is coming down 
hard on the wealthy, right? On those who, again, this is gonna be the key, those who misused their wealth, have misused, are misusing their wealth. He's coming down heavy on them. This applies to us. This is the very first thing. This applies to many of us. Now, I know not every single one of you, but for many of you, and myself included, we are probably wealthy, right? If we are comfortable, right? We live in a home. We know where our next meal is coming from. We have extra money to spend that we can go out to eat. Uh, We can try to buy the new Xbox or PlayStation 5. Good luck. But you you can afford to do things like this. You can go on on a family vacation, right? You count as wealthy. You are the wealthy, right? But again, while we count as wealthy, the key in this passage, the key that James is getting at is misuse of wealth. It's not simply just having money is wrong. It's not that simple. And you'll probably hear that a lot. Whenever you hear a passage in scripture, because the Bible talks about this a lot, God's word includes a lot of warnings and instructions for how we're supposed to manage money. Uh, it's not about having money that's wrong. It's where your heart is and where your priorities lie with it. Right, so this is about the misuse and a wrong prioritization of money. So, like I said, luckily, Jesus himself actually gives us a lot of teachings about this. And this is the question that I want to pose to you as we dive into what Jesus says and more from God's word is, are you more like Jesus or are you more like Judas? Yeah, I'm talking about that Judas, that guy. We'll get to that. What does Jesus say, right? What does Jesus command us? Just two simple verses from Matthew 6. Matthew 6, 21 and 24, Jesus gives us two simple instructions. He gives a lot more, but these are just two. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is. Is your treasure in money? That's where your heart is. That's where your heart will be also. Secondly, just a few verses later, he says, you cannot serve both God and money. He's saying these two things are incompatible. Those are two quick things from Jesus. Now let's compare that to what Judas did, right? So this is John chapter 12, verses four through six. And this is Judas, not actually where he's betrayed Jesus. This is before, right? So Jesus is still doing his earthly ministry and Judas is doing this. So verse four, but one of his disciples, one of Jesus' disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Man, such a stark comparison, right? Obviously, we know Judas was a bad guy. We find that out. Spoiler alert. I don't know if you finished reading the Bible. I hope you have. But uh, spoiler alert, just a little bit later, Judas is going to betray Jesus. It says it in this passage. But there's such a stark difference between these two, right? Now, we have to remember, what did Jesus prioritize with money? The only thing that money served for Jesus was his ability to do mission work, to do his ministry, Money had no value to him beyond the ability it had to help him share the gospel and help the poor, right? Beyond that, it was nothing. Jesus was homeless, remember that. That's crazy. Uh, Judas, on the other hand, Judas came about this from a place that he thought he knew better than Jesus, right? This is actually Judas's specific sin, 
right? His sin was not just that he betrayed Jesus. The specific sin that he had was that he loved money more than he loved Jesus. He thought that he was smarter with the money than Jesus would be, right? And that's eventually why he actually betrayed him for what? Money, right? So in this case, Judas is looking at what Jesus is doing with this. uh, If you don't know the story, it's about uh, Mary who uses her very expensive perfume to anoint Jesus. And, uh, And Judas basically is challenging Jesus saying, what are you doing, right? See, and here's the thing about Judas, right? It's easy for us as a third-party observer. We know history. We can look at this. It's even given us the spoiler in the passage. We know Judas is a bad guy, but none of the disciples knew. Eleven other guys with Jesus, with Judas, the entire time for years did not know that Judas was this bad, that he was this corrupt, that he would betray Jesus. They didn't have a clue. They were surprised when Jesus said he was going to betray them. They didn't even understand. See, this is the thing about Judas, right? And this is why I asked the question, are you more like Jesus or are you more like Judas? Because it's easy to be like Judas and no one know. Judas followed Jesus, literally. He listened to his teaching. He talked with Jesus. He talked with the closest followers of Jesus, He knew to say the right thing in this passage. Why wasn't the money given to the poor? He didn't believe that, but he knew the right answer, right? It is so easy to be like Judas. So easy. And you can't just say, well, that's not like me, because I know it's so easy to identify with him when you cast him in a realistic light, in a real human character, right? But remember, this was Judas' specific sin. He could not serve both his love of money and Jesus, even though he was able to fake it for years. It ultimately led to his death, his destruction. This is what James is warning us about. Do you think James might have been thinking about this when he wrote this, right? James knows the danger that the love of money has. And that is why this is such a scary passage. Because this can suit us, this can fit us and describe us so well. And let's think about this in the context of being uh, like you guys, a middle schooler, or a high schooler. Man, you may think, well, I don't even have money right now. And that's probably true. You probably don't actually possess a lot of your own money. Your parents probably control it a lot for you. And so we need to think about where is our heart's desire at? What do we really want? What do we think about? What do we desire, right? So I'm going to ask a couple of questions and just answer it in your head and pause and think, what are your goals for life? For you, when you grow up, what is a happy and successful life going to look like? What do you envision? What kind of house do you have? What kind of car do you have? Do you have a family? What does it look like? What do you do? You can go so much deeper than this. You can keep going down it, but just starting there, I think it's fair to say that as a follower of Jesus, we are being challenged to have a radically different goal, a radically different vision for our lives than what the world says, right? We all know the American dream. We all know the idea that it's supposed to have a nice car, nice family, nice house, right? That is the American dream. If you work hard, you can make it. I'm not saying that if you have a nice house, nice car, nice family, you're wrong. Again, this is about a misuse and a mispriority. If you have those things as a part of 
your ministry, your work of following Jesus, of sharing the gospel, if God blesses you with that and enables you to have those resources to use to serve him, that is amazing. That's, that's awesome. If your goal is to acquire those things and as well as on the side serve Jesus, I'm telling you right now, that's impossible. James is telling you that's impossible. Jesus is telling you, the person you're trying to say, I can have both, he's telling you, no, you can't, right? Our goal is not the things that we will have. Our goal is not anything in money that money can buy us. Our goal is first and foremost to follow Jesus, to serve him, to do what he has called us to do. And the money is only worth so much as it helps us do that. That is a radical and different goal than you will be told your entire life. High school, as you start to get ready to go to college, that is radically different than you will be told of what you need to pursue in a college degree or what you need to pursue when you enter the workforce after high school. Whatever it is, that is so different. Middle school, you guys are still a ways away from that. But you guys, definitely, people will ask you and teach you and try to, to tell you these things of what you need to do in order to be successful. Success is not by money. One more time, it is only, money is only as good as it helps you do the mission that Jesus has challenged us to do, right? So what can we do about this? A lot of this is going to be in the future for you, but, but there are habits and thoughts that we can start now. And I'm just going to close with a couple of questions for you guys. That vision that I asked you about, what is the vision for your life? What is success for you when you grow up, whatever age that is? When you reach 25, where are you at? When you reach 35, where are you at, right? We all dream about that. And then how does that vision compare in showing your love of money and love of the things of this world and your love in prioritizing the things that Jesus challenges us to prioritize. So first look at that long-term vision. And second, look at right now. What are the things that you value and you want? And how is that serving either Jesus or the love of money? Because we can't have both, right? Guys, this is a heavy passage. This is really uh, uh, scary stuff and and really something that we need to ponder and take seriously, Uh, especially so we came from a season where we're supposed to be thankful. We're going into another season where there's a little bit of a, a contrast where Christmas, a lot of the emphasis will be on gifts and presents and the things that you can get. But again, that is a season that as followers of Jesus, we celebrate that because we are thankful for what Jesus did. He came down to earth for us. We are thankful for that. And, and so as we go into that season, this is a great and timely passage for us to be challenged and, and to really ponder those things and think about them uh, and, and really spend some time, be thankful that, that Jesus came. Uh, that changes everything for us, right? And so again, have a great week, guys. Uh, I hope to see you soon. Love you. Happy holidays.